Welcome to Hyperbaric Living with Dr. Masha podcast. I'm Dr. Masha, naturopathic doctor, hyperbaric expert, and your podcast host, bringing you the cutting-edge interviews and ideas about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I'm grateful to interview these bright minds and sharing their knowledge and experience in the field of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Thank you for listening. So let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Hyperbaric Living Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Masha. Today I have with me Bill Schindler. I had him on a podcast before. Everybody always sends me comments about that podcast episode. If you haven't listened to it, uh, you can watch it. It's available on YouTube and on Spotify. He Bill runs a clinic in Georgia, you for Georgia, people helping people. It's a hyperbaric clinic. And Bill has been in hyperbaric business for how long, Bill? How many years? About 23. Wow. And you've helped how many families? Because that number always changes. It, it becomes yeah, bigger and bigger every time yeah. I talk we to you. We haven't helped enough families yet because if we help them all, okay, but we've treated over 60,000 families. Wow. That's impressive. So yeah. that's... Well, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to make a difference in the world. You know, at the end of the day is what are you, what are you leaving behind for humanity? You know, it's not about money. It's about changing people's lives. So we get the honor and the blessing to change people's lives uh, every day. Sometimes it's a little bit and sometimes it's a lot of it, but uh, no matter what, it's always a change. Uh, yes, it's amazing. You never stop to amaze me. I call you Good Samaritan. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as I said in, in uh, when we spoke last time, it's because you always take that extra step to help families in need, families who need hyperbaric therapy. And today I wanted to talk to you about the affordability and accessibility of hyperbaric therapy. Um, because for many, they might think that it is our out of their reach or they don't really understand how it works somebody receives the diagnosis and as we all do we start asking dr google on internet and somehow we find information that hyperbaric therapy could be helpful in this particular condition or maybe a friend a family member or even a doctor might recommend hyperbaric therapy what should people do next because we really don't understand how it works uh, and sometimes it's an urgent matter. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and and it's not an easy one because we, we've kind of got where we're at in this world today by different pathways, okay? So if you don't understand the history of hyperbaric medicine, you would never understand why it's not been success, uh, accessible, number one, and, and affordable. So it's, sometimes you got to backtrack a little bit just to kind of review. We talked about this in the last episode. I know a lot of your uh, uh, speakers probably talk about that too. But um, just to refresh the, uh, the listener's mind and stuff, like when did hyperbaric start? Because here's one of the problems we see. When you start talking to older people, let's say my age, 60s or the 50s or their 70s, so they've gone down a certain pathway in medicine for many, many years in their life, you know? And so they only know what they know. And so when something else is being introduced to them, it becomes foreign. It's like a foreign language. So, you know, somebody says hyperbaric. Well, what's that? Well, let me Google it, okay? And then they do that there. The great thing about the internet and the great thing about, as you said, Dr. Google, okay, there's good and bad. 
Because a lot of times what happens is there's a lot of false information that's placed out there or misinformation. So I'm just a simple guy in life that's trying to do the right things for the right reasons. And I don't always know which direction do I need to go to. For example, let's say my wife says on a Friday, we have some guests, can you go to the store and get a bottle of wine? Well, like I'm going, okay, I get to the store, there's 50,000 bottles of wine, there's red wine, white wines, this. How do you know what's real and what's not real? Mm -hmm. And that's the hard thing, okay? Because I don't know, when am I gonna get the wrong wine? Am I gonna try this? Nobody gonna like it? Is it not gonna be whatever? And you don't wanna be wrong, right? You don't wanna be a family that says, hey, I tried this treatment and it didn't do a thing for me. And so other people hear that and they think, well, that's, you know, then I'm not even gonna try it, okay? Or vice versa. So Dr. Google is great for a lot of stuff, but we also have to remember, it's not only the answer, okay? It's not the only answer. We go to a, a conference uh, uh, once a year or so called A4M, and there's like rows upon rows of vendors there, all kinds of people that say, I can cure arthritis, I can cure cancer, I can cure this. And I'm looking up and down there, if y'all could do what you said you could do, we wouldn't have anybody sick. So how do you know and how do I know what the real deal is? Well, maybe out of those 600 vendors, there's four or five things that are really something that we should explore and at least see if this could help me and my family, whatever condition and disease that we have. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So let's say I'm that patient who uh -huh. learned that uh, I have an autoimmune disease and I looked up that hyperbaric therapy can be quite helpful. But how do I access hyperbaric therapy? So there we go. We're back to Dr. Google again because we don't know, okay? We're trying to find a, another friend or so that has, you know, maybe uh, somebody said, oh, yeah, my, my mother had lupus or my father had MS or what have you. So let's just go back, just to review for a quick moment, uh, not to be too repetitive, okay? Uh, it's a new episode, so you want to say the same things over, but interesting, it's never going to change. A thousand years from now, if you were to ask me the same questions, I'm going to give you the same answers because it's based on physics, it's based on science. And so we have to remember that, okay? So if you look at the textbooks and stuff in hyperbaric medicine, uh, one of the first ones uh, that I've ever looked at was this one here, and it's a pretty thick book, okay? Matter of fact, they made it a little thinner now, but it has the same amount of pages, okay? But I, as I said before in your other episode, I'm not the sharpest guy in the drawer. So I'm looking at this big, thick book that's got tons of information. It's very overwhelming, okay? And it's overwhelming to me. It's overwhelming to families. So I just went to the table of contents just to try to get a better feel of what the book was about. And they broke it down to three sections, the science and history and stuff. And they broke it down to who uses it. And then they broke it down to the references of where they got all that information. The interesting thing, the very first chapter in the book was the history of hyperbaric medicine. Well, starting one of the first clinics in the country 23 years ago, that would be a good place to start, okay? Was what's the history of it? And so I looked at that chapter and the very first pages I saw blew me away because it showed like this barrel looking thing that, um, uh, let me see if I can find it for you so you all can see it. Show this barrel looking, my book, this one in here is so uh, overly used that the pages are all falling out. <laughs> so, but when you look at the first chapter, it says the history of hyperbaric medicine, you see, I, I hope you can see that. You see that barrel looking thing there? Absolutely, yeah, yeah I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. 
That that date was 4,500 BC before Christ. So I always ask my patients, hey, how long do you think hyperbaric's been around? And they always say, oh, 20, 30 years, maybe 50. Nobody says anything like 4,500 BC. The concept of oxygen and pressure, okay? And then as things started to advance at different times to more modern times, we started using hyperbarics a little bit more extensively back like in the United States back in the 30s for medical reasons, okay? But the challenge was this. Like anything else, somebody's going to dictate who gets to use it and who doesn't, okay? The rich, the poor, the middle class. Uh, are you black? Are you white? Are you brown? Are you a woman? Are you a male? Oh, somebody's always making these decisions for us rather than us make our own decisions. So in our hospitals here in the United States, we only treat 13 conditions or so. And they're very specific. Burn victims, carbon monoxide poisoning, flesh-eating bacteria wounds, divers with the bends, et cetera. If you don't have one of those conditions, you're not welcome. So here we go again, prejudice. Prejudice is always based on money, not anything else. So the treatments at the time were $600 to $2,500 for one treatment. The equipment's a half a million to three quarters of a million dollars. So even if they would let us in the hospital, which they won't, we can't afford it. This is a problem. We have the most unbelievable tool in medicine and we don't have access to it. Let me ask you a question. I didn't ask you this question the last time we were on the show. What drug do we use in a hospital for a burn victim? Mm, oxygen. There isn't one. There's no drug. What drug do we use for flesh-eating bacteria wounds? There isn't one. What drug do you use for carbon monoxide poisoning? There isn't one. Oxygen. What, tr what drug do you use that uh, is for uh, uh, the bends for scuba divers? There isn't one, okay? So the 13 conditions that we use in the hospital are life-threatening conditions. That should be a clue to us. We can take a burn victim and save his life. We can take a car the carbon and save their life. We can take a, a diver and save their life. But we don't have access to other things they call off-label use. So the most valuable supplement or drug or anything on this planet, on the planet Earth, okay, is oxygen and even more so when it's under pressure that's why we use it in the hospital for those types of conditions because they're life-threatening conditions we don't do something they die okay so why would we not try to use it for other types of conditions and diseases make sense okay absolutely yeah so so why why we're not using it for all these other conditions oh yes it's it's criminal i mean really uh, and that's why it's when the, the interesting part the second part of that book has about 40 chapters in it Back in those days, talking about hyperbarics and MS, hyperbaric medicine and cancer and autism and traumatic brain injuries and strokes and 40 chapters. So you tell me you only treat 13 conditions, but yet look at all these chapters in the book. So that brings us up to speed now, at least uh, some of the reasons why we don't know about it. It's not accessible. I mean, even if you go to your doctor that's a neurologist and say, I'm thinking about taking my, my father who had a stroke to a hyperbaric chamber, that doctor is probably going to say, well, that doesn't work, or, or uh, that's for a hospital, because that doctor thinks of wound care only. They're not yeah. thinking about other, uh, other conditions. So it's kind of important to have that there, because that's why right off the bat, it was not accessible financially, because it was so expensive. But today, through modern medicine and technology, you know, we talk about a telephone that used to be like this big, right? You know, or dial up, right? But look at what we do now. We got a cell phone, you know, you use this every day. 
Who would have thought you could get all this information in a computer, take pictures, like, right, take a picture, and everything else because of modern science. So modern science has turned around and created a portable hyperbaric chamber. So it doesn't cost a half a million to three quarters of a million dollars to build it. And it's portable. So now we can place a chamber into a small clinic or environment from a chiropractor's office to a naturopath's office to an MD's office to a gym with under, you know, to uh, somebody who's got a yoga studio to all kinds of different locations. We can place it there. And then even more so, what happens if I can't get there? What happens if it's too far from me? What happens if this? What happens if that? Well, now we can send it to somebody's home. How wonderful. I can do the treatment in my home? Yeah. But isn't it dangerous? Can I, can I blow myself up or kill myself or something? No. In our country, the FDA would have never approved hyperbaric chambers and portable chambers for in-home use with a prescription if they thought there was any safety records or any safety issues whatsoever. Okay. I don't know exactly what happens in your country, but I'm just sharing with you over here. So, but I do have an idea that if it's safe here, then it's probably safe there and everywhere else in the world. Okay. Here so those are Sorry to interrupt, yeah. just to let listeners know. Here in Europe, you don't need a prescription for a home hyperbaric chamber. In US, you do. Uh, in Europe, you don't. You can get it for, for home use without having a doctor's prescription. Although, I always recommend consulting with a hyperbaric physician prior to using it because they can Absolutely. put together, like I do it myself, my colleagues on this podcast, we all do it for our patients. We'll put together a plan because it's a tool, but you need to know how to use this tool. You know, hyperbaric medicine, it's very simple to use. It's a tool that's very simple to use. You know, your cell phone, you push a button, it comes on or it goes on, right? And a hyperbaric chamber like the ones that you have behind you right now, there's two zippers and one little valve, and that's it. Grandma Walton and Grandpa can put it together. After, can I tell a story? I always love telling stories. Yes, please. Okay. I love because your Because families are tell great, okay? Yes. The families are the ones that have taught me, okay? So I had this couple. Dad was 82 years old, and he had Parkinson's. And Mom was 80 years old with uh, Alzheimer's or dementia kind. So we sent them a chamber. They put it together themselves. I'm trying to show you the simplicity of this, okay? They put it together themselves in their home. And then we talked about a protocol and how to use it and all this good stuff and, and you know, just loved on them, okay? And, uh, and I, you know, I'm always available for our, our families at any given time. So uh, about two weeks later, I, and I explained to him how he can get in and get out, you know, by himself, you know, so if anything happened, he can get out, which is another thing that's awesome about these chambers. They're, you're, you're, claustrophobic has nothing to do with space. It's about control and you can get in and out of the chamber by yourself. You don't need anybody, okay? So two weeks later, he calls me up. Hey, Bill, you know, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. Okay, what's up? He said, you know, it's pretty interesting. You know, I, I wasn't really going to think that this was going to make that much difference for me. But my tremors on my hand have been reduced. My energy level has increased. I'm sleeping better at night. Can you imagine having Parkinson's and all day long your hand's going like this? You do that for like five minutes right now, and you tell me how tired you'd be, okay? And uh, uh, he, he was very happy. He was happy to see there were some results going on. But this is the funny part. I told him, I said, what time do you take a nap? 
He goes, oh, I usually take a nap about two o'clock. Okay, perfect. That's the time we're going to go in the chamber. So about two o'clock, he goes in the chamber. His wife zips him in, you know, turns it, turns it on, and then she does whatever she does. And he goes in for like about an hour and a half for a little nap. And he does that. And then what ends up happening, he wakes up from his little nap, and he's like looking around. Where's my wife? She's not there. Well, I'll wait a few more minutes. She doesn't come. So he's banging on the inside of the chamber because he wants out of the hyperbaric chamber, you know? <laughs> he wants out of it. She doesn't come. So then, he, you know, he's kind of panicking a little bit. A little anxiety is happening. And, I can, and he's telling me this story, and I can see, you know, the veins out of his neck. And he turns around, and he, and he says, well, I, I remembered how to get out. You told me I could undo the valve, and I did that. The chamber got, you know, softer. We opened the zipper up, and I got out of the chamber. I said, yep, that was it. He said, I did that. And I started trying to find my wife. <laughs> so he's walking around the house. He hears the TVs on, all right? So he walks in the living room, and there's his wife, very calmly sitting on the sofa, and she's watching I Love Lucy reruns. <laughs> she looks over to her husband, and he's, like, angry, right? Like, you, she goes, well, where have you been? And he says, I was in that freaking oh, hyperbaric chamber. Huh? And I was in that chamber. You were supposed to come get me out. You didn't come get me out. And she goes, well, when did you get back from the store? <laughs> and he goes, I wasn't at the store. Oh, well, where were you? And that's when he realized that, you know, what happened. Remember, his wife had Alzheimer's dementia, so to speak. So he walks over to his wife. He gave her a big hug. And he told her he loved her. That almost brings a, a tear to my eyes just to think. How awesome. We How need awesome. to get his wife into the yeah. chamber. <laughs> so, it will help yeah, it because it helps yeah. dementia. Yeah, yeah. so it's amazing. That's how simple yeah. the chamber it, is it, to it operate. Is. It is. You know, and, and, it, and it's important because the listeners need to know this is not complicated. It's, it's not, we have access to it now. You know, we can put it in a home. We can go to a small clinic. If you don't have any place around that area, then then tell some, some, some of the physicians or some of the people around that area, hey, have you ever thought about using hyperbaric chamber? They're using them here, here, here. You all need to get one in your, in your you know, facility or so because the treatments can be done very ineffective. If you can go get a massage or go get your nails done, you can get a hyperbaric treatment. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, it's, we talked about accessibility now. Uh, and you uh, highlighted the fact that the hyperbaric treatments are finally accessible. Absolutely. Uh, yes, maybe uh, treatments that are administered in multiple chambers at the hospital for acute situations, they're still expensive, they're still at the hospital, but we have other options and many different options from clinics to a yoga studio, as you said, to renting a chamber to buying a chamber for home use. So that's accessibility. And but I also um always talk about the fact that hyperbarics is a lot more affordable than people think. And I thought that you would be the best person um mm. to speak about the affordability of hyperbarics. Like what, what do you think? And especially from from the point of view of uh somebody who owns a clinic in the United States rather than mm. here in Europe. I can't uh, speak for my peers or other clinicians and stuff there. Um, you know, again, if you live in a house and you own a home, how many bedrooms do you sleep in? You got a four bedroom house, you sleep in one. You got a couple of cars, how many do you drive? 
I mean, we go through our life and stuff there and we gather all these things that really have no value to them, to us whatsoever. And the things that we should, which is our health, is the most important thing. Because when we get older, if you can't stay healthy enough, how are you going to even enjoy your life? So we really have to go back to where's your priority, okay? Where's all our priorities, including mine, okay? So that in mind, um, you know, for me, it's about making a difference in humanity. It's about touching people's lives. And we're, you know, whether you believe in the universe's energy or you're a, a religious or spiritual or whatever that may be for every individual in this world, it may be different for all of us. It doesn't matter what religion we are. It matters where we are as humans. And so my wife and I, the humanity upon what we do is what drives us because it's the families that drive me. When, you know, when you've treated this many families and, 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 you know, I'm not just traveling around the country just talking about hyperbricks. As soon as I get off of this here, I'm going to be in that clinic and I'm going to be hugging on my families and I'm going to be talking to the kids that can't talk and I'm going to be, you know, doing all those things because that's part of that process, okay? And the reason I share that with you is because, you know, where where are you going at? I mean, is, is this place that you go to or are these people, is it all about money? So you can't make it accessible? Well, that doesn't help anybody. If you help the people, the people will help you. You help somebody else get where they want to go, they're going to help you to get where you want to go. So in a lot of the families in my clinic, a very large percentage of them, they don't pay anything. How can you keep open? I don't know. The lights are still on, okay? We still keep helping people because those people will tell somebody else that may be able to afford it. You know, or maybe somebody that needs to purchase a chamber. So the funds that go into those things come back tenfold. You know, you help people out. So uh, uh, it works. That that plan works really well for me. You know, and works well for the families that we serve. But even then, let's just say you went to a typical uh, clinic. The treatments can range anywhere between, I'd say, you know, uh, some places maybe fifty dollars, others seventy-five, others are one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. They're all using the same chamber, doing the same thing. There's no different. So, you know, sometimes it, it depends on the area that you're in. If you're in, a, in, a, in an area that the, uh, the population of that area is like, a, how you say, that, that, um, uh, you know, workers that, you know, don't have a lot of funds and stuff, then we all need to make it affordable so that they can also access to it, okay? So it is accessible and it is affordable. In my clinic, we treat uh, at $75, okay? And I do actually two-hour treatments. So that comes out to be about $35 an hour. I mean, could we afford that if it was going to help my father walk or my, my family? Absolutely. So sometimes we have this pre-notion that something's way out of our reach or way too uh, expensive or what have you. And that's not true. And I guarantee you, if you really kind of probably talk to somebody that's in your area and say, listen, you know, I'm sure you've heard all these horse, you know, uh, these stories that are very moving and very touching. But, you know, honesty is the best policy for everybody. All right. Oh, it always is. And, uh, you know, what's really wonderful about, you know, the European culture uh, is they like to really help. In, in England, for example, the number one treatment for MS is hyperbaric medicine. And who treats them? XMS patients, they run the clinic, okay? Like $10 or something for a treatment. God bless those people in England, okay? I wish we thought that way here in America, 
All right. And I'm sure there's places that are where you, you just got to, you know, you put the energy out and you're going to find it. You're going to find people that will help you because, you know, as people that may not have a lot of funds, they can do a go-to fund. They, there's all kinds of ways. We see things, donut sales, cookie sales, all kinds of stuff, even if it's for treatments. I mean, I had a family last uh, last winter or, or summer or fall, whenever it was, drove down. This is the South Park. 17 hours one way to come to our clinic. 17 hours one way. They stayed for a month. And when they stayed for a month, we treated them at the clinic for nothing the whole time they were here. And they took back a, a child that was completely different. The year before Thanksgiving, uh, my wife and I invited a family and uh, they were struggling to find housing. And my wife said, well, why don't you just have them stay here? And I go, really? <laughs> so I, I have no problem. How about you, honey? And she said, no, no, have the family come. They brought the mother, the grandmother, the child that was a brain, a brain injury, and the little girl that uh, uh, Olivia, who was like 12 years old, and we were the ones that were blessed. They stayed in my home for a month. I mean, how awesome it was to watch this whole transformation, okay? So you can't always, you know, just give everything away, but you can help people. And there's, trust me, there's a lot more people out there that, are, that want to help you. If you're listening out there, you know, they want to help you. You just got to, you know, you got to open your heart and try to find those people. Because at the end of the day, it's about what are we people all doing to help somebody? People. people helping people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hence the name of the clinic. Yeah. Bill, yeah. but you know what concern people usually have? Even though they think, okay, so the treatment is $75. Maybe I can afford this. But I've read that I might need 40 treatments or 50 treatments or even over 100 treatments. Because one treatment is affordable, but then 100 treatments at $75, uh, that's 7500 What options these people have um, other than going to the clinic and getting this um, treatment great, at the clinic? Great question. And I solved that problem. <laughs> Again, it's about making it accessible in some way or the other. You're going to hear the number 40 a lot in, in the hyperbaric world about 40 treatments. So how did they come up with that number? Okay. Where did that number come about? Well, some people got together and said, well, if you went to hyperbaric chamber twice a day, five days a week, took the weekends off, that's 10 times in a week, times four weeks, there's 40. Okay. So it just kind of came out of a hat. Yeah, it kind of did. It did. It's almost it like, did. It did. It's almost kind of like saying, how did they say you can only do two atmospheres, that you can only use higher pressure? on neurological issues. So they tried that on neurological issues. They didn't see any result, but they never thought about going the other direction, going to lower pressure. So the brain responded better at lower pressure. For example, there was a study that was conducted in Canada called the McGill study with 111 children with cerebral palsy. And they, they were saying that lower pressure is really not hyperbarics and that's a placebo, okay? And we're gonna test it at 1.75. So they did. And they did it with 1.3 atmospheres with no additional oxygen. They did it at 1.5 with 100% oxygen. They did it at 1.75 with 100% oxygen. When the study got done, the bars showed almost exactly the same. Matter of fact, the children at, at 1.3 actually responded better. That wasn't supposed to happen, okay? You know, so sometimes we stumble onto things in science and stuff, okay? 
So going back to that 40 treatment. So let's say, you know, I'm, I'm working, I got four kids. I'm working uh, two jobs that just try to survive in my life. My wife's trying to take care of the kids. You know, we've got activities going on. We don't have a lot of excess funds, et cetera. But yet I'm a father. I want to provide for that child or my, or my mother or whatever. I can't afford to do 70 treatments or 80 treatments at $100 a treatment. So what can I do? Do I walk away and give up? No, you never give up. Well, what do we do? And I think that's what happens with a lot of clinics too. I think a lot of clinics, you know, I might get people get mad at me because I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm telling you what I see. I'm telling you how I experience. I don't know. I don't think that we need 40 treatments. I don't think we need 80 treatments. I don't think we need a thousand treatments. I think what we need is a few treatments so that we can come to some place and experience it. If I tell somebody up front 40 treatments and they can't afford it, they're going to cut, they're going to block me and they're not even going to come and try it. But if I say, listen, you know, it could take, you know, this amount of treatment sometime, but why don't you come down and just have a couple of treatments done? Let's get like four or five treatments. Well, the interesting thing is when they go to a place and they do three or four or five treatments, it is impossible. And I'm going to say a thousand times, it is impossible not to see something happen. You're going to sleep better that night. You're going to have a little bit more energy. Maybe you had some inflammation in the shoulder that you didn't tell me about. And you go, you know, my shoulder, I can move my shoulder. So there's going to be little signs that are going to happen. That's called encouragement. That's called just, hope. I That's wanna... called faith. I Makes wanted sense? to add something to it because I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, when you were talking, I remembered one of the patients I had, she had Lyme disease and she convinced me to give her one treatment. And I was like, no, one treatment doesn't work. If you, if you're not committing to a series of treatments, don't get that one treatment because you're going to get discouraged. And she was traveling. She could only do one. Anyway, she convinced me. I was like, okay, fine. You want to get the treatment? Get into a chamber. She got into a chamber. And once she got out, you know what she said? She said, can I live in this chamber? For the first time in so many years, she said, she didn't have pain. She didn't have inflammation. She said Absolutely. she felt incredible. And, you know, and she changed, she completely changed my outlook on that one treatment because I was always like, no, 10 treatments because we need, based on science, you're only going to start producing antioxidants after treatment number three, blah, blah, blah. But then she was the kind of a patient where one treatment made a whole difference. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, Again, I like telling stories because they're real. The people are real. You know, you and I are real. We're, we're people. We just recently, you know, I, I think I've heard about every story possible. All right. I always think that. And then somebody tells me something I never, I didn't know about. So I had a, a lady who recently came in, Hispanic woman, doesn't speak a lot of English. She came in with somebody else and she was like an inspector, like uh, 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 at housing or something with construction. And she had to go up into a ceiling and they had this roof that was in the ceiling and she stepped on something and went through the roof and landed on a jet ski that was below in the garage. And so I can't remember. She said they broke her back or spinal column or whatever, but basically she's paralyzed basically from the waist down. She has no, really no feeling at all. Okay. And so eight months after this injury, she comes in a wheelchair to the clinic. And uh, somebody said, you know, you ought to at least go 
maybe go try this, all right? So, um, you know, it touches your heart when you see certain things happen. If you're not human, how could it not? So we put her in the chamber. I told her, I can't promise you anything. All we can do is see what happens. I can't tell you how many treatments. I can't tell you anything, really. But I do know that it's impossible not to respond because you're in a wheelchair. If you never walk again, but we can get blood flow that's going to go down to your feet, circuit, circuitory, okay, or we can strengthen your heart, or we can make your brain more clear so that you're not as depressed and all these other things, then we've succeeded, okay? And that's going to happen. We just may not get you to walk out of a wheelchair. So anyways, we put her in the chamber, and the, the difficult part was she had really no movement in her legs or anything. So we had to kind of, you know, get her, you know, kind of manipulate her and kind of lift her legs up and kind of, you know, push, get her into the chamber, and then and the same way getting her out. So we were using my higher pressure chamber because that had a little bit more room, and uh, we have to close the door. And so on the fourth treatment, the fourth treatment, remember, she can't move anything, right, so to speak. We, we tell her, we got to move your legs over here. And I turned around, or we turned around and, and looked away, and she brought both her knees to her chest. Both her knees to her chest. That's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. But she did it. Now, if she was told that she had to do 40 treatments or don't even come in, she would not have known. But here's the sad part of this story, all right? So you would think that when, no matter what happens from that point on, she would be at the clinic or she would try to, and I haven't seen her since then. I haven't seen her since then. So you, the listeners, you have to also, you have to play your part in, in, in the success stories that you have. Here's a woman, I mean, that couldn't move. She had no feeling and she moved both her legs. Why is she not here? And so I, I had to go out of the country for a few weeks when I came back and I said, has she been back? No. So I called that family up and found out the brother had to leave and go back to his job because he was taking care of his sister all, the, all this time. And he said, I, I, I didn't know she wasn't coming back. And I said, no. And so we're trying to re-engage with them again. But four treatments and she got a sign. That's all we can ask for. Okay. So don't think that you have to go you know, I, I hear that, you know, 40, 80 and all that. If I did that, I wouldn't have anybody in my clinic because they would say I can't afford it right off the bat. But, you know, sometimes when you're given a sign in a short period of time, that encourages you. Well, now, you'll listen, if it's your kid and you see something positive happen, you'll find a way to go get some help or ask other family members. So wherever, wherever it will come, God will provide. But you have to listen to the whispers. Sorry, <laughs> I can yeah. go on. Yeah, absolutely. But then he, I was thinking, um, uh, let's say a person comes in, they try hyperbarics, they see that it works, they see gradual improvement, and they understand that it might take longer. Because with some chronic conditions, and not only with hyperbarics, I mean, we tell our patients, it took you that many years to develop this condition, if it's a chronic condition. It Absolutely. will take time to reverse it. It's impossible to reverse something overnight if it's a natural therapy, right? So give it some time. Uh, so prospect of coming to the clinic every day or every other day for several months for some people is difficult. What other options do they have? And that's the other good thing about this here. You know, what I wanted to make sure was that if, if you 
couldn't afford to purchase a hyperbaric chamber for your home, then what about if you could rent one for your home? And what about if there was a clinic you could go to? So we have to have options. So that's why I have the clinic. I could, I could close my clinic today and I could do what I do around the country, no problem. But this is my heartbeat. This is what I want to see. It's the families that share the stories with me and that I see with my own eyes over and over and over again. So you can find a clinic that may be somewhere in the area and if there isn't one, then, then you be an advocator to go talk to some people and say, some doctors or some clinicians or want to say, hey, how come you don't have a hyperbaric chamber, okay? Then you can rent a hyperbaric chamber. You can purchase a hyperbaric chamber. So the rental is actually a really good thing because what happens on a rental is a family can have the chamber in the comfort of their own home and use it for, let's say, a month. Treat as much as you can, you know? I mean, I've had, I had one family that did 237 hours Wow. in one month so they, so they had their mother the in they had their autistic child in it they had everybody in the street down the street in it i mean it was it was awesome okay and so when you start doing that you're going to see you're going to see things happen okay but just to, uh you made a very good point and uh on something else and i my mind thinks is that you know we we have eyes so eyes so we can see things and we become doubting thomases when we can't see something you know, if you cut your arm and you see blood and a scar and stuff there, and you can see a healing, you can't see what's going on inside you. That's why people say, oh, did you hear that Johnny had a heart attack? Well, that didn't happen all of a sudden. The blockage was going on for a long time. And they said it was 98% blocked, okay? So unfortunately, we live in a world that's, that's, that's really uh, about instant gratification. You know, well, I tried it 10 times, it didn't work, anything worked. And I told you the story before about the police officer on the 53rd treatment, his eyesight came back. So as you said, you know, they didn't get this condition overnight. It takes some time. Sometimes it's quicker for some people. Sometimes it's, it's not, okay? But we're still going to benefit. If you were in a wheelchair, for example, with MS and you couldn't walk, but now you've got more flexibility because the massage therapist and the physical therapist was able to open an arm much further and, and easier, is that going to be easier for you to put your clothes on or somebody to put your clothes on for you? Absolutely. So you have to think about the small things. What I get frustrated with, with physicians is that you think one size fits all. I weigh 285 pounds. My wife weighs 130 pounds. <laughs> so let's say we go get, you know, some doctor that says we have to take some medication or even a supplement. Same thing with supplements. Why would I take the same amount as my wife takes? She's 130 pounds. If she's taking two fish oils a day, and I take two fish oils a day, my body's a lot bigger. So, so we need to find out really what's going on with us. You know, dosages are very difficult. That's why they say it's the art of practicing medicine, okay? Because when you get a drug from a pharmaceutical company and every bottle says take two, doesn't say if you weigh 200 pounds, take three. If you weigh 250 pounds, take four. Same dosage same people doesn't make sense to me okay it does make sense when you're talking about breathing though it does make sense when you talk about oxygen because <laughs> the dose of oxygen is very easily defined i take it away from you you die simple it's very simple i put my hand on your mouth and your nose and you can't breathe over a short period of time you die it's very simple dosage the more that you get the better you'll have if you don't have any yeah it doesn't matter what your size is doesn't matter your what color your skin is, it doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have, all that stuff there, it's that powerful. So dosages are only as good as what the science is behind it. Make sense?
Absolutely. Yeah, so you can have it in many different forms and ways. The, the most important thing that if I send any message out about anything is just do it. Like Nike says, go out, get a couple of treatments. You got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Like, why would you not? Dad had a stroke. Mom's got cancer. All the, There's all kinds of science. We are raising awareness that hyperbaric therapy is a lot more accessible and you can make it affordable. Really, because there are various ways, as you said, of getting your hyperbaric treatments. As I know some people are trying to get it improved through their insurance companies. I mean, when you start uh, doing it, uh, you become better and better. But I think key is how you said, come get that first treatment. See what it does for you. See the changes. Absolutely. And then once you see the changes, and these changes are profound. I've just recently had a really bad autoimmune flare. And in three weeks, Bill, three weeks from being crippled, not being able to walk, in pain, brain fog, like I couldn't put sentences together. It was so bad. It took me three weeks to get from that to full range of motion, no pain, like I'm sharp. I, you know, I can put words into sentences. I have clear mind, just using hyperbarics, some supplements and diet. But it was the combination of three. And that's how powerful hyperbaric therapy and other natural therapies, really, because we're talking about integration of different therapies, but to try to experience the benefits and then finding a way of getting that therapy. Yeah, so I think we probably, you know, at least covered some things here. Um, you know, the hard part about our messages, wherever it is in our world, uh, it's the biggest thing is if we don't educate the people, the people don't know what to do. And so it's my responsibility to do whatever I can do to give the people the power to make the decision that's best for them. If they don't want to do it, that's fine. But at that's least fine. they need to know there's some other option. If you have a stroke, after the doctor says there's nothing we can do and we can do something, then you need to hear why we can and what have you. But it's also hard too, because I don't know how long this has been, this, this video has been going on, but people, you know, we're all busy and everything else. And do we have enough time to sit and listen to some guy in Georgia for, you know, 40 minutes or so? I'm not sure. I know that when I get on the internet and so there's a big video, it's 60 minutes. I'm going, I watch the beginning of it, unless it kind of really, you know, affects me right then and there, I might start drifting off and don't want to watch it anymore. But that's the only way we can. And then you also have to let your heart also guide you. You know, your intuition. A woman is so much more logical in, in so many ways than a man, at least I think, because they have that sixth sense. And so your heart will also kind of go, if something doesn't feel good to you, I'm talking about in your heart or, or your thought process, then that's a, you know, that's okay. It's okay. You know, jumping off a cliff that's 100 feet below doesn't really make me think feel good. So I'm probably not going to do it, okay? So think about a couple of things. Is it safe? Yes. Are there side effects? No. And do I have to do any type of a, uh, a manipulation in the body? No, okay? So that's the natural part of healing. God gave us, put us on this planet you know, as I said before, there was millions of sperm that produced one, one egg that produced you, okay? There's nobody like you in this world. You have the answers to your own health and your own well-being. You've already fought the biggest, the biggest fight of your life just to be born. 
That's so diseases shame. and conditions and stuff there, you can do it. You can. So I'd like to leave your your uh, your people with just one little prayer. This is my prayer book that I do every day, you know. And there's one prayer in here <clears throat> that I do all the time, and it's and I it, it's it's for healing. It's just for healing. But I kind of change the words a little bit because it's supposed to be like for me when I when I read it, you know, it's like I'm asking for it. I don't ask for it for me. I'm asking it for you today. I'm asking it for your listeners. I'm asking it for you, Dr. Marsha. And it says this, a prayer for healing. It says, Lord, you invite all who are burdened to come to you. Allow your healing hand to heal them. Touch their soul with your compassion for others. Touch their heart with your courage and infinite love for all. Touch their mind with your wisdom that their mouth may always proclaim your praise. Teach them to reach out to you in their need and help them lead others to you by example. Most loving heart of Jesus, bring them health and body and spirit that they may serve you with all their strength. Touch gently their life, which you have created now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bill. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, and we're going to end this podcast here because I thank think you. we can't say anything. I mean, everything that could be said was said. Guys, thank you for listening. If yep. you know someone who can benefit from this information, please send them the link to this episode. I will have all the links with Bell's Clinic, uh, people helping people information and some initiatives that they do in the podcast description. And I'll see you next week. And thank you, Bill, for coming to the show. No, thank you. Thank you.